Welcome to Orders Beyond Borders, an audio interview series as part of the Berlin Social Science Center, Bitsy B's new blog. In this series, we bring you insights from leading scholars and emerging researchers in the field of international relations and global politics. This is a project by the International Politics and Law Department of the Berlin Social Science Center, run by the unit's global governance, governance for global health and global humanitarian medicine. We are back with Professor Nglovo, one of the participants of the Soweto Uprising of June 16, 1976. So tell us, how did that day begin for you? The organizers of the march said, all the roads should lead to our school. Okay. And the march will commence from our school. Okay. You know, and, 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 and we really appreciated that because I also woke up that morning, never told anything to my parents, pretended yeah. as if things are going to be this. <laughs> <laughs> no. Whilst for the past three months, I haven't received any effective education. Yeah. So they went to work as part of, it was a normal day to them. So I went to school was at school as early as possible, mm-hmm. waited, and it's about 10,000 students marching from different parts of Soweto to our school. And whilst that was happening, the police soon became aware of what was happening. And not far away from our school, there is a police station. That is the Orlando police station. Okay. And the police could tell that there are some movements over there because it's a valley, so it's easy. They are at a vantage point. They can tell that, you know, the masses and masses and waves and waves of students, you know, meeting there. So they invited themselves and they came over. When they came over... They asked us to disband, but we we couldn't understand because they were uninvited guests and we were planning to go on a peaceful march. We had no weapons, we had nothing. Our weapons really were the placards and the banners and which, 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 which really displayed the messages. Yeah. You know, reflected the messages. More or less, those are weapons of the poor, the weapons of the weak, of the weak. You may say that you know they are weapons of the weak, but but not necessarily the weak because the messages that they display are potent, you know, and 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 they drive the point home in terms of our needs. You know, as I said, the police are armed live ammunition and we are just kids and it's even worse with the police themselves it's only white police who are allowed to use live ammunition oh really it's only white police who are armed with guns Mm. and bullets Mm. the blue the black police only had sticks In their minds, I think if they ask black, if they teach 
or if they arm black police, maybe the white authorities thought that the black police will want to turn against them yeah. and shoot them. So, so, so that's how. That's how. That's how. That's how. That's how they are thinking was during those days, really. So, they came. They asked us to disperse. We said no. We are on a peaceful mission. They gave us time that in 10 minutes you have to disperse. We said, no, we're not going anywhere. We're continuing with our journey. We were singing freedom songs that we composed and shouldn't be as usual with us as Africans. The match shouldn't be a solemn occasion. There has to be performance. So we have to come up with songs which also push forward our messages. White police claimed they couldn't understand what we were saying. So probably they felt agitated. Yeah. You know, because for them when we think we are like uh, heathens and barbarians and uncontrolled savages who are in a trance and and, and 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 that's intimidating. It's even worse for them. They don't understand the language because we're singing in vernacular and all that. So when they saw that we're not prepared to dis to disperse, then they started using tear gas to shoot us, and we carried on because we had to protect ourselves against the tear gas, and then the two stones, and then that's when they started using live ammunition and guns shooting us and that's when all hell broke loose and then that's when the famous photograph of Hector Peterson you know sort of was 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 captured yeah then the whole day was the cat and mouse game between us and the police so in terms of the victims all those who were shot were shot in the front not at the back. Yeah. You know, because if you are shot in the front, you're not running away, you are confronting the mm -hmm. enemy. You know, such bravery as young as we were, without guns, without any other weapon yeah. except the stone. We just stood up in the police. And 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 I must say that memory is still vividly portrayed in my in my my mind every day of my life so we lost the war but won the battle in the sense that with time the government cancelled that directive of using africans as a medium of instruction and after that some of the students decided to go into exile okay. and join the liberation movement and learn how to use a gun, a gun and an AK-47 and come back and fight because the liberation movement have left long time ago in the 1960s haven't returned to defend us Nelson Mandela and them were political prisoners. We were all on our own as young kids and students. 
So the next thing is to go out, look for the home of the liberation movement in exile, join, learn how to fight, come back. It led to students to go into the military camps of the ANC and the Pan-Africanist Congress in the ANC itself at the military camps in Angola. So most of them went to Angola. Some went to continue with their education because the ANC had two streams. Those who wanted to continue with education, those who wanted to join the military schools to struggle they had to go to military camps. They all wanted to go carry on with their education. Then she had a school in Tanzania, which was called Solomon Matlangu. Freedom College, it's, it's still there, but it's a university now in Tanzania. Okay. So some went there. But some of the students from the military camps and from Solomon Matlangu and from wherever the NCU was in terms of Basis. Some went to Nigeria. Some went to Nigeria. Some went to Tanzania. Some went to Zambia. Some went to the Soviet Union, to Russia, to East Germany. They ended up in East Germany where they were trained militarily. Others who were also trained in terms of um, educationally. Also, some students went to Western countries to pursue their education. Some went to West Germany. Some went to England. Some came to the to the U.S. So, what what do you think that we young people can learn from young people like you then, in our generation? In, in your generation, you know, I think about it in the sense that. Subsequent to that, I mean, for for young people then to realize that they have to form themselves into structures because we then organized ourselves mm-hmm. to form a national student movement which existed, but in most cases, they existed at universities. Yeah. The generation, the, the present generation, as I, say, as I said to you, they simply need to be politically sophisticated. For if you use what is happening now in the U.S., the youth in the U.S., after the killings, and they've organized themselves into a movement, I think the next best thing they should organize themselves into a national organ- student organization of high school students in the U.S. and have sort of federal branches in all them, in all the states in the U.S. and at the same time have local branches. So it should be a three-tier system. Yeah, you know, as I said, that formula is a formula. That is not might not be necessarily unique, because as I said, as African students in South Africa, we've done it. They can take the best strategies that we effected from and perfect them, yeah, and 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 and, and perfect them. So 
and also international solidarity is crucial that they should be forming networks with international youth and student organization throughout the world which is which is which is what we 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 we, we manage to do but what i find challenging is that is certainly not happening in the continent because if as a youth in south africa you could do that and we brought we managed to make it a point, a point that necessary changes were brought in terms of democratizing our society i'm just thinking about the fact that that is a missing factor yeah in the continent itself interesting so, yeah so so i think if the youth in the continent start to think along these lines yes they should be part of those parties but they should maintain their independence mm. and also call the shots in as far as their grievances yeah and not allow themselves to be used to fight political political struggles which engulf all those political parties who are in power but with us it's the opposite we might be affiliated to the political party but we still maintain our our freedom yeah when we have our national conferences whatever it's us and only us we don't want those political parties yeah. to be represented and they're not part of the agenda so 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 i think it's high time that maybe the student movement i'm not I'm not even sure that we do have student movements in in the African continent that can play a proactive role go as far as the African Union and make representations in terms of a continental student body that represents the voices of the African youth throughout the continent. Yeah. I don't even think we have that structure. If we have that structure we don't know anything about it so maybe the youth like yourself should start thinking about that and 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 setting up such structures so that all the student movement in all the 54 countries in africa belong to an umbrella body apparently it does exist yeah. if it exists i'm not sure what it is doing Yes. So people you've heard it from Professor Ndlovo. Um today we will remember the the young people who stood and fell in the uprising of Soweto in 1976. If you want to um hear more about the story of this extraordinary young people, read his book The Soweto Uprisings: Counter Memories of June 1976. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Orders Beyond Borders. If you have enjoyed this, check out our blog at ordersbeyondborders.blog.vitsibi.eu or follow us on Twitter using the handle at @obbblog as well as on Facebook. You will find these links and more information in the description to this episode. Also, would like to hear what you think. If you have any comments or feedback on the series, write to us. 
You can reach us via email at obb at vitsibi.eu as well as through our social media channels. This interview was produced by me, Linda Irulo, and Cedric Hawk. The team also includes Mitja Sinknesht, Yelena Tupac, and Irem Ebetuk. That's it for today. Until next time.